I'm rather busy. Now he's going to move like right along to McGregor. That's his whole life. You know. Okay, so I realized something while I was watching Shindig. Okay. It's that you want to wear a fairly funny dress? Well, yeah, I do. But you I've would no- look so cute in that dress. I would, and I've known that for years. Okay. I, I don't think I like Firefly very much. Okay. I, I need you to help me through this. All right. I can sort of see why you would find parts of Firefly to be exhausting, I think would be the term you would use for it. It is a little exhausting. I, I don't know. I feel like Shindig is the type of episode that I should really like. It's got... Because I really like this episode. I mean, we talked about how Bushwhacked was kind of the first good episode. I think this is the first great episode of Firefly. You're going to have to convince me of that because I think that, uh, number one, the show has too many characters and it doesn't know what to do with them. Uh, the humor was very flat in this episode. Hmm. I felt like, in general, this episode lacked any type of stakes. It lacked any type of... Because you know Malcolm's not going to die. No. You know Anara's not going to leave the ship. And it also felt like, for me, that I really just didn't care about anything that was going on. And I don't know why that is. And I think that I need you to help me through this. Because if you think it's one of the first great episodes of the show, then we've got a rough, like, 10, 11 <laughs> weeks ahead of us. Um, well, I... I mean, maybe I am overstating the case a little bit, but I do really like this episode, and this is no. Don't backtrack. If you this think is a very episode, then this, go for it. This is a very fan favorite episode. This is one where, I mean, Kaylee is one of the favorite characters of everybody on the show, and Kaylee getting to do something fun is always nice. You know, her little story in this episode is cute, and I think. You know, a lot of people like that. I like that. I, I won't disagree that the show does have a ton of characters. I mean, the there are nine main characters on this show, which is huge. The fact, it never, to me, it never quite feels like nine, just because, it never feels like that many, just because I think the characters are, are all well drawn enough, and partially that might be because this is my third or fourth time through the series of... Only about, you know, what, 12, 15 episodes? How many episodes? 14. Of only 14 episodes. So, yes, you know, it is very easy to get to know these characters well if you just watch it twice. But, I mean, I feel like, you know, there's 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 something that TV shows will do, you know, in the modern era nowadays where uh, sometimes the character just won't appear. Yeah. And I think that that would have been the right approach for this show. I, I don't know if they do that later. You know, I feel like, well, for, for example, uh, I was watching this episode and you have the scene with... Wash and uh, Zoe. Yes. Post coitus. Yeah. It's it's a fine scene. It's cute enough. It tells you something about the characters, but it doesn't. It goes nowhere. It ends on. Uh, it just ends. Like it. It just stops. No, you know what? It, the scene doesn't end. It stops. Yeah. And they never really appear in the episode again. So I just you know it's like leave that out. I don't know why you need that in this episode. I think my problem with it is like this episode felt like it had no focus. It wanted to be about Inara. It also wanted to be about Malcolm and Inara's relationship. It wanted to be about Kaylee. It, it was just it was yeah. a ma- it was kind of a mess. I don't you know why I, is Badger in the episode? That really adds nothing to it. I, I don't know. I just feel like it had too many plot points and it didn't know how to juggle them well. I you know Talking about this, I don't know if Firefly really does its plot very well. Certainly, the fact that, you know, and we will see in the the movie where it, where the movie really covers, you know, a season and a half worth of plot in one, in a two-hour period. You know, the the plot of, of Firefly never really gets handled well. Maybe there are a lot of episodes like this where 
they are trying to just check in with all the characters and they try to give everybody something to do and maybe they can't. Yeah, maybe it would have been, you know, better to have cut that one scene. That said, in terms of, I guess to me, every, maybe all the scenes don't quite hold together, but I like every scene of this. I, well, I think that's really the problem with it, though, is mm-hmm. that I like things that are more than the sum of their parts. And that's fair. And, and so far, I feel like Firefly is not that. Well, maybe that's – I mean that that may be our – one of our theses for why Firefly didn't quite work. It was a bunch of really excellent parts that couldn't just gel to a whole. Yeah, and I think that you know a perfect example of that is uh, uh, the setting of, of Persephone, right? And I think that – Yeah. Oh, well – Here's here's my my I think one of my problems with the way that this is handled is that it's harkening back to a very sort of you know antebellum southern period. Oh, I would even go like also like a Regency England. Like this is like Jane Austen to me. Those big room it's, white it, dances. Yeah, it's like a frankly it's a combination of that. It, but, and and but we were course, talking about you know how sci-fi can borrow from a bunch of different things just that it thinks are cool. But of course, a lot of this is informed by that sort of an, you know southern mm. antebellum period. Well, we should and, talk about slaves in a minute, but I, do, I, don't, I mean, do we have to? But I don't know. I just feel like with that, it's it's. I don't have a good sense of why this culture exists like this. I don't have a good sense of why we're basically live why why these people are basically living in a combination of southern American antebellum period and Regency England. I don't understand. It seems like references and it seems like a setting for the sake of being cool. And that's kind of how I feel about the Western stuff, too. I don't buy that everybody would be dressed in cowboy hats. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had this well, conversation a couple episodes ago about, yes, the clothes were functional. You know, hats are functional. Ponchos are functional. But I understand the need for functional clothing. I understand the need for clothing that would 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 work like this. But I don't understand why it looks exactly the same but, you know, it feels like laziness and it feels like an attempt to you know harken back to something that the audience would understand immediately and i just have a hard time getting past it i guess what this episode remi- this episode really gels and it reminds me of a couple of pretty disparate things but not one of them is the star trek next generation episode sub rosa which is we think is one of the worst uh Next Generation episodes, but they essentially go to a colony planet that is explicitly modeled off of the Highlands of Scotland. And you have a bunch, you know, you have a character explaining at the beginning of this episode that basically a group of people wanted to start a colony. They thought that this time in this place was really cool, and they're essentially reenactors. It is, you know, they are using all of the, yes, they're dressed like, you know, 1800 Scotland, but it's because they are a group of people who I don't explicitly think, want well, to do that. I don't think in, that they were, though. No, I, th- I don't they know. They certainly weren't dressed like 18th century Scottish people. Dressed, fair enough, but I mean, you do have, they, they are certainly in that episode getting, they're taking a lot from that kind of a lifestyle. Well, I, I, I think I know where you're going with that, but, but yeah, my... In ter- it, what I'm saying is yeah, it would be one thing if we have a planet where all of the colonists were really big Wild West buffs and they wanted to colonize a planet based on the Wild West. But you don't get the sense that that's an explicit thing people were doing. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And I think that, you know, the difference between and I think we'll probably compare Firefly a lot to Star Trek just because we've been doing what we do. Star Trek podcast for, for four years at this point. But Star Trek is a good example of a series that is much more interested in metaphor and much more interested in in 
analogy than it is verisimilitude. And the world of Firefly to me, the universe of Firefly to me, speaks to Joss Whedon's attempt to create some sort of living, breathing verisimilitude-ish world, right? And I don't, and I think that yeah, if if this had been Star Trek, I would not have had a problem with any of this. My issue with it really is that it doesn't feel earned. It doesn't feel real. Yeah, I mean, to a degree, Buffy doesn't ascent, doesn't a hundred percent hold together as a universe. A lot of it goes by accretion, where they you know will add you know a, a kind of demon, and then that you know well, I don't the even, backstory. I mean, but but I guess what I'm saying is that. Buffy is based enough on the real world with just supernatural elements on well, top of that. Yeah, and it's a point. metaphorical I don't, show. I don't care as much about that part of it. I care about the fact that the setting doesn't make sense. Yeah, and I guess that's what and I'm saying. And the setting of Buffy is fine. It's set in the real world. That's but I'm okay. saying the setting of Buffy works because it's the real world plus other stuff. And it is a metaphorical yeah. show. This is neither. And yeah, it, it, it's like it's showing the flaws in how the world building works because – I don't know. Maybe maybe the show would have. The show is trying to be both. It's trying to be a metaphor for something, but it's also trying to be a literal world. That I mean, it does a good job of of creating this. I mean, I'm not saying that it it's it's done on the cheap or anything like that. I mean, I think one of the reasons, of course, why Firefly got canceled is because it was probably a very expensive show to make. I mean, oh, that yeah. scene where in this episode where they land on Persephone and they've got you know hundreds of extras milling around. I mean, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Um. You know, all that kind of the stuff. the entire ball sequence is himself. I mean, everybody is wearing elaborate costumes. This is not a, you know, and that's a set. They did not, yeah, they did not cheap out. And I I, I think that that establishing it, I mean, they do a good job of making it feel real. Although I do feel the parts of the show also do, they're kind of dated in a way. And I think that the the, the, um, scene at the end, the dual sequence at the end is particularly dated, especially in the way that it's, the cinematography is done. It it looks very TV in a way that TV Mm -hmm. shows don't look anymore. Uh, Which is, you know, I mean, that's not, I can't really criticize the show for that, but I I will. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I just, I don't know. I can't get past the fact that, you know, in this episode really crystallized it for me that I think part of the reason why I feel so uneasy about Firefly is, is, is the setting. I don't like the setting. It doesn't Mm -hmm. make any sense to me. And, you know, we've got, uh, I think what, nine more episodes or 10 more episodes of the show. And then we've got the movie. Um, And I'm certainly not, I don't know. I enjoyed I enjoy parts of the show. I enjoy parts of this episode. I'm not. I, I think. I feel. I think I'm coming across as more strident in my dislike of Firefly than I maybe intend to. Well, I mean, because Firefly is a thing, right? Like this is considered one of the great what could have beens of science fiction television. I it's, mean, it's not that good. That, I mean, and it's, the, it, 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 it's good, but. I, you know, I don't really. And it, you know, again, are we dealing with a first season, and season two would have ironed out the kinks, or are we dealing with this is what the show would have been? There is a degree to which a lot of the love and the fervor that people have for the show does come from the fact that you know maybe they are imagining seasons two through seven being wonderful. And you know, again, I can see, I can see the, them getting a better season two. Not that the first season is bad, but I can see a really good season two. Well, I think that if you if you look at the the sh- the, the Weedonverse show that that Tim Minear show ran before this, Angel. I mean, I think that that's very true. You know, the first season of Angel is very different from the rest of the show, and it's yeah. nowhere near as good. I mean, and even for Buffy itself, similar. Oh well, yeah. I mean, the first season of Buffy is is like 
probably 75% on mitigated crap. Yeah. But that's fine. I mean, you can get, you get away with that kind of thing in 1997 or 1999. And I think that, you know, Firefly was, I mean, Firefly is also coming at an interesting time yeah. because, you know, we're, we're, we're at the period where, uh, kind of network television started to die. And, I don't, you can't get, you couldn't get away with having, yeah. and I'm not saying, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, I don't think that any of these episodes are as bad as, uh, uh, the worst or, or even some of the bad first season Buffy episodes or first season angel episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that, that shindig is a fine episode. I think again, the scenes work well. I think I like, um, I like Kaylee. I like what her storyline is in this. I like Inara. I, I just feel like there's a little bit of it, which feels, uh, very, very mechanical and feels, uh, very TV in a way, and I, I don't, I don't necessarily buy the fact that, for example, Inara is apparently a bad judge of character because this guy Atherton turns out to be an asshole. I mean, she wouldn't have picked up on that before. I, you know, there's just there's problem with it that it, it feels very plotted yeah. and it feels very artificial in a way that that calls attention to the fact that this is a television show. No, I mean it, it, it's we can. We can even accept that, you know, Inara might not know he's quite enough of an asshole to, to be as possessive of this and start this fight with Mal and do the duel and all that. Like, we can, you know, say that maybe she – but, like, the comments that he's making her from right at the beginning, you know, mm-hmm. uh, he very much views her as a hooker. He very much, you know, does not view her as, you know – he, well, I think that's an interesting read for that yeah. character because I don't actually agree with you. Really? I think that what, well, what, what, what he, he, I think he treats all women like this. Well, and here's the thing: he treats all women like this, but he likes Anara because he's allowed to. No, you know, Anara, yeah. as long as he is, pay, you know, any of the women who are of his social class and who are who are not companions, you know, he would not be able to have such a degree of possession towards and well that's feels, yeah, that's and, what the guy at the end of the episode yeah. says you know i mean yeah, again, yeah, yeah. firefly it's a little on the nose because <laughs> he actually says as much where he's like you're gonna have to you're depend gonna, on your yeah, charm you're yeah have to depend on your trying to get women which is he's not gonna have a good time doing that no um but at this you know and are this I guess I do like this episode for a lot of the, you know, a lot of the world building stuff that it does in the way that I, I really am fascinated with the way the Companions Guild is constructed. Um, I think that is very interesting and the way that they, uh, the way that power is around Nara is a very interesting, is consistently interesting. I mean, this is going from the train job, you know, we need somebody respectable and it's her, you know, and you know, the way that at the end of this, she has the ultimate power by, no, you're being blacklisted. You know, she can do that at any time. Um, I mean, the companions to me, it's interesting because, I, you know, the, I, what I what I see from them in these four episodes, at least from from Inara's perspective, is that for them. And, and, and I think this episode sort of crystallizes it as well when you see the kind of environment in which Inara lived before she joined yeah. up with with the Serenity crew is that the the companion guild and this entire sort of structure this legal structure seems to me to be a way for lower class women mm. to gain the trappings and respectability of the upper class and, and frankly maybe at times again in this the at the end of this episode even more power than that i mean they 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 come off half as, you know, again, a, a group of courtesans and half almost like – I, I almost think of like a medieval abbey, you know, in medieval times 
becoming a nun was a way for a woman to get education and power in a way that would not, yeah, would not have been it almost available does, to it, her. Yeah, that, I think that's actually an interesting point because it almost does feel like a religious order in some yeah, ways. Yeah, there are. I mean, we will see, we, and we will see Inara meditating and doing a lot of very spiritual practices. So there is a, you know, there is a spiritualist element to that, you know, which goes with the whole art bit of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, you almost get the sense that, you know, I, I, a lot, a lot of the things in Firefly we do have to make up our own backstories for just because we do not get the – but, you know, you can imagine a version of the Companions Guild which started with a group of, you know, call girls who decide to band together and form a union and eventually they get more and more power and influence and suddenly, you know, together they, you know, eventually have galactic influence. I mean that is a – you know, I, I like that this is able to spin out into this way. Yeah, and I don't know, it, you know, we if we can extrapolate from from this episode particularly, I mean, it seems like this is still a patriarchal society. Yeah. It, we don't really see women in power necessarily unless it's on the border planets like we saw in, uh, was it the train job? Yeah, Patience or Prudence or whatever her name yeah. is. Yeah, or maybe that was actually in, in the pilot. I don't remember. But, and, and yeah, and I think that, that, it is it is a way for Inara to be a powerful character without, I guess, maybe staying, maybe not staying, tr- well, staying true to that that interpretation of mm. the status of women in this yeah, universe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think too that you know the the unspoken thing that hangs under all of these episodes is the the war as well, mm. and we don't really know what the war was about. I think it's interesting that in this episode we get. Yet another version yeah. of the opening, this time narrated by Malcolm. And I also think it's interesting that Badger reappears from the pilot, although nobody would have known that because nobody had seen the pilot at this point. <laughs> uh, and But it kind of works because they kind of mention that they had seen him before. Yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. go into specifics. You can just kind of say, oh, well, this is the first time this, is guy, this guy is appearing. Yeah, it's somebody that they work with that they had a kind – you know, obviously in the pilot we saw what ha- – you know, why Badger's pissed at them, but, you know, or had, why they had a falling out, but – yeah, I mean, frankly, you know, we were talking about what the status of Earth was. I think Mal's, you know, he, the phrase he uses is, you know, Earth got used up and we terraformed a bunch of new Earths, you know. So you get the sense that it was probably an extrapolation of what's happening to our planet now between global warming and resources being depleted. You know, humanity managed to take to the stars before Earth, you know, but at this point, Earth is a dead planet, you know. It's... Here's here's the main thing because you you've said like this is another solar system. I think it's larger than that. Again, they talk. It's about, not. I'm but, telling you, you it's know, not. no. And I but, but then he said, you know, I, I don't know the distances. I don't understand what the distances in the show are, and it's making it very unclear. Well, they don't have. I don't think that they have faster than light travel. No, and I don't know how fast they go. But you know, I mean, even if you're going like a quarter light speed, it would take a yeah. while to get to Pluto. That's so fair. you know, I mean. It's 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 a it's a couple months it seems like at least yeah. to get across the entire the entire solar system, um, yeah. And I, I again, I mean, that it's kind just of in the- phrases like central planets versus border planets. You know, yes, there could be a dozen planets in play, and we're dealing with that. But it's in context, it always makes it seem like you know dozens. Well, that's the thing too that doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. Is is it doesn't make sense for it to be one solar system, but yeah. it is one solar system, so we just have to go with that. Okay, I don't know how interesting it is to talk about. I mean, it's just no. kind of there. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think overall, but you maybe know, that's another data point in the the universe doesn't 
quite like we there's the thing like a good 80% of the universe works the rest of the tw- the other 20% are we're finding to be pretty big cracks firefly seems like it's a little too ambitious for joss whedon at this point i you know i think that joss and- whedon is a very interesting writer i like buffy a lot i like angel a lot um i don't know if he is good at creating a believable or interesting mm. science fiction world. Yeah. That is a lot of work. And, and and he had never done it before. And we also do have to, you know, make mention this isn't a weed and ridden episode. You know, obviously he was involved in it, but you know, neither he nor Mania wrote this one. Yeah, but still I, I don't mean, know. Like it, it, it is still early enough in the show that yeah. that Whedon's approving everything. He would have been involved, and I think that there is, uh, you know, the role of the showrunner and the role of the creator. I don't know how involved Joss Whedon was. Obviously, Tim Minear was the showrunner. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It could just be that that Joss Whedon and Tim Minear had different ideas for how this universe was constructed, and while Joss Whedon was off doing whatever Joss Whedon was doing, Tim Minear was was changing things. I, you know, Looking I don't know. Looking at women's feet. <laughs> uh yeah, and I think you know maybe the last thing to talk about before we wrap this episode up is is Mal and Anara because yeah. I don't know what to make of their relationship and well I, I know I, I take well, I take that back because I don't that's not the last thing I want to talk about but I, I don't know what what do you well you know to me they yes part of them is they have a bickering relationship because obviously they're interested in each other you know that is the thing. You get, you know, one of the things that I... Sounds um, exhausting being straight. Oh, God, yes. Um, I don't know. Zoe and Wash seem to have no angst whatsoever about it. <laughs> and I guess that's part of why I do like the Zoe and Wash relationship, because they have no angst. There will be one episode where, it, you know, later on where we will go into their relationship and and her relationship with the captain, and, you know, we, we'll deal with that. But they have a very good, fun relationship. Um, she wants a slinky dress and he wants to see her in a slinky dress. Um, Nara and Mal don't necessarily disapprove of each other's lifestyles. And Nara, Nara doesn't necessarily think that stealing, you know, smuggling is a moral wrong. That's very bad. And neither does Mal necessarily think that, you know, prostitution is a profession that is morally wrong. But the two of them almost feel like the other could be better than that. I get that set like Malcolm sees Anara who is educated and beautiful and self-possessed and he's what is she working as? She's a prostitute. She sees him as he's very brave and very, you know, inspiring loyalty and very, you know, plucky and he's a smuggler. You know, that's all they're doing. I mean, the two, if the two of them do love each other, they do want to have a be- love a better version of the other and i think they feel that you know their relationship does have a lot you know that 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 comes out in their bickering with each other because they do have a there's an extreme frustration between the two of them yeah i don't know i feel like i agree with all of that but i also think that that one of the things that maybe annoys me about malcolm is that um you know so far i think he's probably my least favorite character um, which, sorry, sorry, everyone. Which is okay. I, I, I just feel like he's a hypocrite. You know, he yeah. he obviously took Anara on. He agreed to run out the the shuttle to her because um, she she is the ambassador for the ship. She is able to lend them respectability yeah. and get them in places well, that they perhaps otherwise would not have been able to go. At the same time, he is constantly criticizing her. He is constantly mm-hmm. saying that she is better than what she is doing. Yeah, and um, he doesn't really seem to like 
her he doesn't seem to like the very thing that he has her on the ship for. Yeah. I mean, I, and there's a degree to which, yes, he's a complicated character and et yeah. cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, it's almost like Malcolm the show shut is, up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, the scene at the, be- the very beginning scene, um, I, I love that little moment where he, you know, he reveals to her that, oh, I stole her, you know, I stole that guy's wallet. And, you know, she immediately just like hides it, you know, in her bra because, you know, that's their relationship in a nutshell because she just almost reflexively is using her position to cover his crime and he goes to her to, you know, to do that. And, you know, as much of the two of them will argue with each other, they know that they're really useful to each other. They're going to get away with some stuff together. And I think that, that you know, on a, on a related point, while the show has a lot of characters and while I think it doesn't always do a good job mm-hmm. juggling them – I will say for the show's – to the show's credit, it does a good job of justifying exactly why all of the characters are there. Yes. You know, and and aside from maybe Book, I mean, I don't know why he's there. But I do think that the show does a good job of justifying why Jane is there, Zoe is yeah. there, Wash is there, um, Kaylee is there, and, and Inara is there. And, you know, to to the point that, for example – um, the one scene that we see Book, um, Simon, and River in. Um, well, the, there's two scenes that we see them in. There's there's the one scene in the in the mess hall, and then there's the other scene um, in the in the whatever where she makes her diversion. Yeah, which I which I actually really like that scene a lot. That's that's the that's one of the first great River scenes because suddenly we realize that she does have a lot more capabilities. Like just hearing two sentences from him, and she knows isn't you know she knows who this guy is entirely. Yeah, and one of the I do remember that that she gets fixed, quote unquote, at some point in the show's run, and and that's kind of the end of that. I think. Well, it, that's most of the movie, yeah, and but it you know she does sort you know, and that again we talk about this would have probably been stretched out, but she does have an arc where she is slowly getting calmer and certain things you know will trigger her to get upset and something about the cans you know for example gets her upset in this um yeah and i feel like you know i don't know maybe my final point about this and we can wrap this this episode up is that um at the end of the day i feel like firefly is a good show that is not living up to its potential so far and frankly is using humor to paper over a lot of the the plot holes and Mm. sort of some of the structural problems with the plot and i hope that the other episodes don't do that i don't know Mm. if they do i don't remember them very well so we'll see i don't know do you think that that's fair is that an unfair thing to say i don't know because like i do i do like the show's humor i think the you know, it it is a very you know witty wordplay kind of a show. It is about a, a lot of the I I like that it gets a lot of the a lot of humor from the characters speaking very plainly or very obviously or bluntly. Um, I like the way that all of the there is a very there is a tone to Firefly very much, but all of the characters have their different uh, dialect of that tone. Um, again, yeah. I think on a character level, while it doesn't always, you know, while a, a, a single episode might not convey the characters too well, the entire sh- – their appearances throughout do a very good job of that. I think there are good characters in this, and I guess I do like that it's – I don't know. Maybe it never got to be a great show. Maybe it could have been a great show, and it never really – 
it died before that happened, but... Well, I'm ready to reserve judgment for that. I mean, Of course. Know. As far as a science fiction romp showing characters that aren't normally dealt with in science fiction kind of shows, that makes me laugh. I think it's a fine show. Well, and I think part of the problem for me, too, is that I, you know, like I said, I haven't seen firefly in i don't know 15 years yeah. or whatever or not, not that long so it only came out 14 years ago but it's it's been a while it's been at least 10 years and i only ever saw it once that i don't i think that i'm reacting to all of the 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 fandom that yeah. has come up around it as well yeah i saw it, i don't get it i mean I, I, you know i didn't see it when it came out first but i saw it on dvd in like 2007 2000 or so so you know, not th- so there had been some hype about it, but it wasn't quite as, you know, solidified. It was still kind of a, oh, this is a show not many people saw. It flew a lot under a lot of people's radar. Now it's coming to DVD kind of a thing. And that's the thing, too, is I'm ve- being very careful to try and, 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 and extrapolate reasons for why the show is not hitting for me. And while I think there yeah. are problems with it in, in an, uh, kind of an objective way, because I don't want to say this is shit and I don't like it and everyone is yeah, stupid yeah, yeah. for saying, I mean, you know. If this really hits for you and you like it a lot, then that's fine. I'm just finding that it is not, and I find that interesting because I generally like yeah. this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, but again, that's valid because you aren't watching this when it first came out. You are watching it in 2016 after all the hype. And frankly, listeners at home, I assume a good chunk of you have seen the show already, but we probably have a bunch of people who are just watching it for the first time along with us. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean – if you have any ha. thoughts, or if you're a new viewer or not a new viewer, if you're a brown coat or not a brown coat. If um, you're a brown coat or a tight pants. <laughs> let us know what you think. Leave a comment on the post for this episode of the podcast at tuninginshow.com. We have a Patreon as well if you'd like to support our podcasting endeavors, including our other podcast, Truck About and Truck About Presents. And you can do that at patreon.com slash truckaboutshow. Find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at tuninginshow. And finally, please leave us an iTunes review. We would appreciate it. Next week, we are going to be talking about uh, episode five of Firefly, Safe. Mac, why do you...